We are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this week's comic uh, releases. So, like, DC Comics come out on Tuesdays. Marvel and Indie Comics come out on Wednesdays. And we're here on a Thursday, here to talk to you guys, uh, well, and, and talk to my guest about the comics that came out this week. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. If you can see me, you are watching us live streaming on Volume.com. Volume.com only, at least for right now. Volume.com slash The Keeg Show. They're awesome there. It's a new live stream platform, so definitely check it out. Uh, Volume.com, uh, create an account and chat with us there. Uh, but if you can see our faces, you're watching our live stream. If you can't, if you just hear our voice, and that is wherever you get your podcast from. So we got Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, our frames per second and bit rate is going wonky, but uh, hopefully... Everything's good on that end. At least everybody can see us and hear us. Uh, I got guest Manny Batista. Manny, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this week's comics. We got the holiday specials out for a couple of books, so I yeah came prepared. Obviously, yeah. Uh, uh, there was there was a good amount of books that came out this week. I know that we like that's the first thing we talk about. We're like, was there a lot of books this week or a little bit books this week, and why was that? But I feel like. It was it was a good amount this week, right? Yeah, it was about it was about an average week. I feel like maybe a tiny bit less. Like it's not it wasn't like a huge week by any means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like a, a solid amount of books, enough that kept me reading for a while. So yeah. Do you, do you feel like no matter what, you never get to read as much as you wanted to read? Oh, absolutely. There's always like two or three comments from like, ah, man, I just like barely missed those or just barely got to those. Right. I, uh, there, there's, there's some like primo comics that came out this week and I didn't get to like Batgirls number one. And I've been looking forward to Batgirls number one for so long and I didn't get to read it for, for today. So, uh, uh, I will definitely read it after this show ends, but Batgirls number one came out and, uh, um, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't get to, I didn't get to read it. Um, Manny, are you a, uh, are you watching volume.com on a on a separate browser? Yes. I got this new thing or, or this new functionality that instead of putting the cover side by side, I can create a slideshow of the covers. So like oh, right now. It. Yeah, dig it. Yeah, yeah. Right now I'm showing all the different different covers for Batgirls number 1. Again, an issue that I didn't uh I didn't get to read this week. The first thing I read this week because I was very yeah. excited for it. Uh, uh, I will listen to your spoilers talking about it. I do not care because I'm going to read it anyway. But um, let's. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, do do uh, you feel that way, right? And you like catch up afterwards, like you just. Oh, read definitely. There's always a couple of extra extra issues that I pay, that I read after the show because there's so much, not a lot of time to read it. So you got to go, you know, especially now. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's almost like uh uh with this show being on a Thursday, it's like even being on a Thursday as opposed to being on a Wednesday because I think it started off like on a Wednesday uh and I moved it to a Thursday. It you would think an extra day would give you extra time to read. And it does, but also it's never the right like amount, you know? So, but we've both read a lot this week, so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we did read as opposed to what That's a we good did. idea. Yeah. Yeah, we just like just talk about like, oh, I wish I read this. Oh, I wish I read that. Um Manny, before we talk about your pick of the week cuz I do mm -hmm. want to hear about that. 
Uh, I also want to uh, uh, I want to ask you this question now. Christmas is coming up, but December is just you know a month of holidays, right? So if you had a holiday wish, did I ask you this last time? If you had a holiday yes, wish that pertains to comics, uh, you can you can get a second wish now. I forget what your oh. first wish was the last time you were on. Uh, uh, what would your holiday wish be? Uh, a second holiday wish. Okay. What was your um, first one? Uh, my first holiday wish was a collection of Danny O'Neill and Dennis Cowan's The Question in print because mm. it hasn't been in print for years, yeah. even though they have another big stage story that's a direct sequel to that in hardcover, but not the original run, which is excellent and what people need to read. Yeah. Uh, but another holiday wish would be uh, a, a proper Young Justice slash Teen Titans title again uh, because yeah. I feel like Teen Titans Academy... Uh, there's too many things happening in Teen Titans Academy to fit in one book. Yeah. Uh, and it would be great if some of those characters had their own book so I could really care about any specific part of that book because as it is right now, they give you a little of a lot and that's not enough for me. But yeah, like a proper either, give me like a Young Justice book, you know, or like a right. like an original Titans book or like a like a book specifically on the new kids, right? Just right. split it up for me in some way. That's my holiday wish. Another a teen superhero-related title at DC to give me that right. fix that I desperately need. I mean, I, I definitely think that they should be leaning into those characters. There should be four titles. I used to say there should be three, but there should be four titles. There, there should be four distinct titles. There should be Young Justice. There should be uh, 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 Teen Titans. There should be Titans. And there should be Teen Titans Academy. Why not? Like, give us four titles. They could have like, like, like different specific storylines. Why aren't they doing that? If that's their cash cow, because like they've been doing like, like Batman, like nobody's business, right? Because that's their cash cow. Yeah. But like, what about Teen Titans? What about those uh, uh, kids? Hear me out. I have I have a solution. Yeah. You cancel Titans United. Because who's yes. reading Titans United? No, because it sucks. That, it's not good, man. Yeah. And then you make that like a proper Young Justice or Teen Titans. Hear me out. All I would need is two. If, because, you know, they, they want if you want to be like conservative with how many Titans titles you have, all I need is a Teen Titans Academy book, which is focused on the new kids. Yeah. Right? Uh, and a like Titans book, which is focused on the the adults right okay the, because it seems like we're we're really heavily focusing on either one of these teams because the the current teen titans team is feels almost like like a background characters to to both to this book yeah you know what i mean yeah and that like they just show up and they're like oh man they're like out there like doing doing stuff uh so yeah that's all i would want just make if you're gonna make the a bunch of new characters that you want me to care about give them their own book properly don't right. give me this mishmash book because I'm really not going to care about them because there are so many other characters that I care about, right? Right. Uh, and this is not in a way that they did it like back in the early 2000s slash 90s with that Titans title, right? You remember yeah. that? Where yeah. they had like the five with classic Je ones and then... With Jesse Quick? Is that the Jesse yeah. Quick one? Yeah, Jesse Quick and Damage and people like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like even that like had like a manageable group of characters. Right. But... This book has just so many, and I often get lost. So right, I feel like a the, there's a generation of titans that deserve their own book, and they have had them, 
So they, there was that Jesse Quick damage run. Uh, then there was another run that was... Do I have it here? Uh, it was around the time of Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, and then Outsiders was around that time. And then there was like an adult Titans one, or like a whatever a Titans with Nightwing and whatever. And then in Rebirth, they had a Titans run. Yes. And so, yes. like, I, I would like to see the, the heroes that are in their, like, they're in their mid to upper 20s now, right? Donna Troy, Dick Grayson, they have to be mid to upper 20s, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they should have their own book. That team of, like, the original Titans team, that should be that. And then they the had their own Titans, book for a while. Yeah, in the beginning of Rebirth, like that yeah. was that was the whole conceit of that of the of that Titans book and Rebirth was, uh, Wally West is back, so now he's gonna chill with his original team, right? But then right. I feel like we lost that to make Titans Academy, and they were like, "But hear me out, it's like X Men, so it's cool." And you're like, it, "You're not juggling it right, man." <laughs> right. I like Titans Academy only for the sake of like introducing like literally original characters mm. like where the where the writer can just be like they don't have to be beholden to robin a wonder person a super person they could just be like nah i'm gonna make this girl with like long hair that does something all right yeah i'm, I'm here i'm here for that kind of stuff but i just feel like because like strange academy strange academy yeah. does the same thing you know I, and, and i love stuff like that but i but i really want like the problem is that the book has like no focus because if it's going to be yeah. about them, make it specifically about them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, especially because you, you've created so many and then make your, 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 your big Titans proper supporting characters, not the dual main characters of this Titans Academy book. You know what I yeah. mean? It is a packed book. It is jam packed. This book like Titans Academy because mm -hmm. Titans Academy nine came out this week and uh, it was better like, I liked it. I don't know if you liked it, but, I mean, we could talk about that later or we could talk about that now. What do you feel like? I mean, let's let's just jump into it. We're, we okay. have a solid segue here. Yeah. Uh, Titans Academy number nine came out, and we've been talking on this show how, like, the, the book is kind of disjointed. We have a lot of new people that we lose track of. The cast is, like, 20 people. It's very, you know... Uh, I don't know if you have other critiques, but did you feel like your critiques got uh, 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 a little bit better for issue number nine? I feel like I feel like we're we're, we're sort of getting somewhere here, right? Uh, because right. we're now we're dealing a little bit more directly with Red X, right? Uh, we, I, I, I forgot. I almost forgot Roy came back in Infinite Frontier. Yeah. Uh, and now we're dealing with the effects of him coming back, but that also feels... Again, it's the disjointedness for me, right? Because Roy has, like, nothing to do with these children. <laughs> right. For the most part, you know what right. I mean? And I, like... I, I'm just waiting to care in a way that this book makes me care rather than, like, oh, I know these characters, so I care. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because right. I, I feel like this book has yet to, like, really grab me other than, like, the mystery of who Red X is, which it seems like this is going to take a very, very long time to figure out who that character is. And uh... there, ha there has to be clues because they keep like, I'm just purposely not looking into who Red X is 
Like, mm. I personally don't care. When they tell me, they tell me, and I'm whatever. I hope they don't think that I'm, like, really involved in the mystery, because I'm not. Well, also, because that's, that's another thing that... It'd be interesting if that were the central conceit of the book, right? Like, if he were the right. main sort of antagonist, and we, we saw him sort of working throughout it. Yeah. But he sort of shows up in some issues, and in some issues we completely forget that he exists. So right. I also right. completely forget that he exists until, like, right. this issue where they're doing the Simon thing, and he kills Simon, right? Yeah. Sort of, maybe. Definitely. Yeah. He chops off his head. He's dead. He chops off his head. Yeah. But, you know, with characters with big brains, they could be like, my brain is so powerful as long as my brain is intact. You know, classic comic, you know. Nonsense. I feel like that checks out with the way that they did it here, too, because it was... With very little fanfare, Simon dies, right? It, it, right. Almost, it almost feels like we like gloss over. He's like, oh, yeah, it might be. And then he just dips with these the other Titans that he's sort of created. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just waiting for something to really focus on, to really get me. Because the reunion of Roy in the last issue with everybody, so I was like, oh, that's like really wholesome and cute. And I, and I, sort, of, and I sort of dig that. Yeah. And then in this issue, it feels like not a lot. It, it, I'm just waiting for real stuff to start happening at this point. Right. Uh, there. What I did like about this issue is like it was almost like Quentin Quire in in Grant Morrison's new X Men run, where it's like, hey, you know, fuck the X Men. Like, uh, we're we're the new generation. We could do. We don't need to follow their lead. And like it's like it's so I kind of like that. Like Simon being like, join me. And then Red X is like, we don't want to join anyone, right, guys? And then the other kids are like, well, maybe. And Red X is like, no, I'm going to chop off your head. <laughs> All right. Talk about an overreaction, but I guess whatever works. Right? Like, I mean... Who do, you th who do you think Red X is based on all the evidence that we have now? I, I need I need a single guess. I, 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 again, I have no guess because, again, they're failing. They're failing to keep me interested in that mystery because I care nothing about that mystery. Right? It's not going to be a character that I know. It's going to be one of these new original characters. So I honestly don't care. That being said, I know one of the, one of the girls had a list of people who had gone missing. And they, and then they mentioned that there's a, another person that went missing. So that person has to be on the list. You just do process of elimination, I think, unless they gave, unless they didn't give it away. I, I don't know. How old is Leanne now? Oh, Leanne. Last time I saw Leanne, she's in the Catwoman title, right? Is she like a teenager? She's a street yet? kid. I don't think she's a teenager. I think she's still oh. at least a preteen, at the most. A okay. Should I say? Because I was gonna say like. You think it's Leanne? Man, wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be fun if it were Leanne and then Roy came back and he's like, "What?" I mean, it has to be a kid at the at the academy, right? Yeah, or else why would we have this? Why Why would Red X be here or someone that they mentioned right. at least? Well, the 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 Bat Pack, the Bat Pack knows who right. it is. He like he like took off the mat, or this is a couple issues ago when he took yeah. off the mat. They're like, "Oh." You're like trustworthy. All right, cool. Right. So the backpack already knows, and they're like the team, the detective, you know, kind of squad, uh, which is cool. But I don't know. Okay, this is this issue has me a little bit interested to keep going. Uh, I don't think this is the issue to have quit, and I think that anybody who did quit on Teen Titans Academy should pick it back up, at least starting 
maybe last issue because that leads into this issue. issue. Teen Titans Academy Eight, I think, would be a good hopping on point. Uh, because like we read it, so you don't have to. That's that should be <laughs> our that should be our our uh, catchphrase on this show. But no, we read it so that we could tell you whether to read it or not. Um, you know, Teen Titans like, Academy Eight, maybe. Hear me out. The people who are reading this book are the people that should be reading this book, right? Because if you're a Teen Titans fan, you're reading this regardless. Right. Uh, and if you're not, then you probably picked up the first couple issues and you were like, this is okay, but not for me, and then dipped. And I feel like if you're not a Teen Titans person, right? Like, or if you if you don't if you don't have like a vested interest, not even in like Teen Titans in a very particular era of Teen Titans, right? Yeah then I feel like you're not really going to get a lot out of this book. Right. Uh, because for new readers, they rely too much on old stuff and on yeah. you caring about old stuff for you to really, like, get caught up and get interested, right? Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you're a Teen Titans fan, you're probably already reading this. Otherwise, I don't think it's really worth uh, stretching to check it out. Unless, like, I'm going to keep reading it, and unless, like, the, the next couple issues, like, really wow me, you know? Yeah. That I, I I'm kind of torn on what the strategy should be because like with DC, the people who who are drawn into the Teen Titans comics that weren't comic book readers are fans of Teen Titans the cartoon, Teen Titans Go the cartoon, and then Titans on HBO Max. Right, mm-hmm. like those those are relatively like the outsiders that can come in and join the thing, but. But this this book doesn't take the best from everything and then weave it all together nicely. Like it does. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad comic, but like it can do better. But then you have like comics like Titans United where they're like, nah, let's just capitalize on Titans. But it's a shit comic. Yeah, that, that book is rough, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like there's a there's a way to like. Like I hate to go back to that early two thousand Titans comic, but it, it it's sort of the the best, the closest approximation to this book that I can get in terms of yeah. it's about the original Titans training a new team of heroes to help them out. Uh, is that book. Jeff like, Johns Teen Titans? No, this is uh, I forget who starts it. Okay, but this is the book that's just called Titans, uh, and it had it was the Jesse Quick one. Right, right, right. Right, because the whole right. like conceit of that book is the original Titans start up the Titans again to train a bunch of newer heroes and they each pick a protege. Right. Right. Uh, and that book makes it very easy for you to get invested because it catches you up on the drama of these people right. through the eyes of those kids. Yeah. Right. While also mo- moving those kids a story forward. I feel yeah. like this book doesn't look at the, the, the original Titans through the kids eyes. Right. Yeah, it's very much the kids are having their own drama. The original Titans are having their own drama, and every yeah. so often they teach each other. But you don't really even see the original. Like it's it's called Titans Academy, but you don't really see anybody learning a no. lot, or like you, there's not a lot of mentorship. Right. In, in, in a book about not like Strange Academy. Strange Academy tends to do it better. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. I, I want them to like. I, I think the way to capitalize on this is to make those kids. Your entry again. Make those kids the main focus of the book. Make the original Titans just side characters, right? Yeah. So you can get invested in this group of teenagers, see them learn, see them become heroes, 
while also slowly but surely learning about the original Titan through this crop of new people who only like know what you as a new reader know right like what do what do these new these new kids know like oh that's nightwing he's sick like oh they used to be like a like a radical team of heroes and now they're teaching us stuff yeah. uh but because there are so many moving parts to this book i feel like there's a lot less time for me to get invested in any single moving part like for right. example even the the show young justice right season one starts with like five characters yeah and we get to know those five characters through that. So when they start introducing new characters and stuff, we still have a basis of we know who these people are and we are invested in these people. So as they start adding characters, we can still be invested in that core group, in that core group of characters, even if they start moving to the background a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of Academy-related books from both DC and Marvel that we, we can draw upon to kind of, like, figure out what works and what doesn't. Like, Avengers The Initiative is pretty much an Academy book, right? Also, Avengers um, Academy is an Academy book. And Avengers Academy, uh, Future Foundation uh, was its own thing. Uh, Strange Academy, um, 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 Wolverine yeah. and the X-Men, any X-Men related Academy book, right? I think Wolverine and the X-Men is the closest uh, like parallel that I can sort of get to this book, right? Because yeah. Wolverine and the X-Men had a very similar central conceit, even to the point where these new, like, completely new mutants were, like, fresh and weird, and it was a lot about their teen drama and a little bit about the uh, the mentors, right? But again, the right. mentors, even Wolverine, a lot of the time, took a backseat to the kids. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what made that book interesting and made me care about, like, Brew, my young son. God yeah. bless you, Brew. Are you a big Brew fan? Dude, I love Brew. He's so cute, and he's, like, yeah. the man, and now he's, like, working for the Avengers. What a champ. What a glow-up. He's working for the Avengers? Yeah, oh, dude. he was he was there in the Celestial, right? Like looking he's at like things? their tech dude. He's like an agent of Wakanda, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He is an yeah, you're right. Uh my son Jason Aaron really putting respect on the character that he created. But yeah. Like nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and again, that that's what I want to see from this Titans Academy book, I think. Yeah. Is that I wanna see those kids take a center stage so I can start to care about them in sort of similar ways that I cared about the uh, the kids from Avengers Academy, the kids from Wolverine and the X-Men, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. What, uh, Manny, what is your pick of the week? That is a good question. Uh, I, I was sort of in between two, as I often am, but uh -huh. probably the thing that I had the most fun reading this week was The Thing, number two. I didn't get to, I didn't get to read it. Um, uh, uh, how did, how'd it go? <laughs> uh, so the basic premise of this book is that Alicia Masters and the thing are having, having a little bit of a lover spat, right? Right. And she's like, I need to take a break, Ben. And he's like, that, that sucks. So then he goes online dating. Cause uh, it takes up, takes place in the past, right? Yeah. But not the distant past, just a couple years after the Fantastic Four have been a thing, right? Like relatively yeah. early in their career. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good place to jump on because it's not directly related to any other stuff going on. Right. Uh, in, in this book, the thing, or, uh, you know, he went on an online date last issue and the girl they went on an online date with got kidnapped. So in here, he has to go to the underground version of New York City uh, to go get this young woman from yeah. uh, this dude. And also he's been being trailed by this deathly, mysterious uh, yeah. being that we don't know about and neither does he. Okay. Uh, 
And this book was just fun. Like the thing goes to underground New York. Tom Riley, Rainey, I forget what the name of the artist is. Tom R. something. It looks like Riley from what I can see. Okay. Yeah. Tom, Tom Riley's artwork in here is the best part of it. I love the way he draws the thing. It's so expressive. His action scenes are so like, like fun and bombastic. And uh, uh, it gave me like a pretty, pretty standalone, all things considered fun. Like, thing goes to under york to like go stop a hostage situation uh while also sort of hinting at what we're going for going forward that being like what is this mysterious deathly looking figure that's uh that's been tailing the thing for a little while i like it it's good and it's only on issue two so if anybody wants to jump onto this book definitely do yeah um I just I just thought to myself how lovable the thing is going to be when he's finally introduced into the MCU. Uh yeah, he's the best character in the Marvel universe. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's great. Uh uh I mean, Korg I felt was like a prototype in a way, but like if they do it the same way they did Korg in the sense of CGI and whatever, like like that's seamless, right? Yeah. And he's just and in this book, as in all the other stuff that the thing is in, he's like your gruff but lovable uncle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and any book that can give me more of that, I'm here for. Yeah. And this book seems to be all about that. So. Yeah. Um. Did you read Robin and Batman number two? Yes. That I think that's my pick of the week. That was the other thing that I was deciding between. It was either the thing or that. So. I'm glad I'm glad uh, uh, we have the same taste in that respect. Uh, yeah. We got Robin and Batman number two, and it sucks because as I finish number two, I'm like, there, it's only a three-issue miniseries. What are we going to get in issue three? Because they're building up something with Killer Croc, and it felt to me like they wasted this issue, even though it was a great issue. They wasted it on this Teen Titans side plot. But basically where Robin finally gets to go to the Watchtower satellite, um, the Justice League satellite, and he gets to hang out with kids his own age that are all sidekicks. So we're talking Kid Flash, Aqualad, Wonder Girl, and Speedy. Um, And they get to hang out, and then they go on like a couple random missions together on their own because they sneak away from Hawkman. And then uh, Batman asks for him a for a debrief and Robin essentially was spying on the teen Titans the whole time and judging them and figuring out their weaknesses. And Alfred does not like that. Alfred, uh, choose Bruce a new one. And I really appreciate the love to Alfred because I've been missing him. Rest in peace. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how they're going to bring Alfred back in the main title, but like right now he's dead. Spoiler alert. He's dead. And, uh, but we need him. The Bat family's a little empty without Alfred. They need Alfred, right? I totally agree. Do you, which way do you view Alfred? Do you view him as he's the mom or the second dad to these kids, or he's the grandpa to these kids? He's the grandfather. Okay. Uh, because like Bruce is obviously their dad, and then right Alfred, as as the grandfather, is a little bit lighter on them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's he spoil he spoils them when he sees them. You know what right. I mean? You know, not necessarily in Richard because Bruce has got all of that, but you know, uh, he right. gives them he gives them the wise the wiser sage advice. 
emotional no, no, no. support that Bruce does not give ever. Exactly, and he's yeah. and he also supersedes Bruce. Like he he, Bruce will say, "Don't do that, Robin," and then Alfred will be like, "But you're like, what if you did that, homie? What if like, like <laughs> you should do that? You know what I mean?" And and yeah. that's like that's like proper grandfather shit. Is yeah. I don't know what your dad said, but no, no, go do it. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the only reason I view Alfred as like a second parent is because he challenges Bruce a lot. Um, but I, 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 I don't know how it is. Maybe, maybe that's how it is in like single parent households where they, they like there's a grandparent involved that they almost become like more authoritative. So I don't know, because like grandparents classically aren't authoritarians, right? They're just like, oh, they're just there to like spoil the grandkids and then they peace out because they don't have to deal with the consequences but alfred has to deal with the consequences because when jason dies who who does it hit it hits everybody right and so and when bruce goes off the deep end it hits everybody so alfred kind of takes a you know uh gotta rain rain it all in yeah but yeah you're right a grandparent can do that um and i like what he does in this issue he's just like you asshole. Yeah, it just hard scolds Bruce, which, uh, like, one, anytime we can scold Bruce Wayne for, you know, mistreating children, please, yeah. any day of the week, let uh, right. do it. Uh, also, this, because Jeff Lemire, I, I love Jeff Lemire, he's the writer of this book. Yeah. And there, but there always is, is, a, is a divide between his superhero work and his non-superhero work, specifically when he's working on bigger characters. And yeah. this this book feels more akin to uh one of his indie one of his indie books really uh, okay beca- yeah because lemire's indie stuff is much more character driven it's much more sort of exploring familial relationships that's yeah. what, that's, a, that's a lot of that's a lot of lemire's like backlog when he's not doing like sci-fi it's like s- small stories that are about family and this feels completely in his wheelhouse and he's nailing it uh the, the way that Bruce is trying to, you can see him slowly but surely trying to be a better parent, right? When he he recognizes that he did something wrong in this issue, right? Is this the beginning of this issue where he goes like, listen, like I know that last issue. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he told him not to be Robin. You're not ready, right? And then he made him the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sort of, it, it's nice to see a Dick Grayson story where he's not, uh, the perfect child and Bruce isn't the perfect father because I feel like very often, uh, early like you know something like a like a like a Robin Year One or uh, like a like a The Gauntlet right can mm. can portray Dick Grayson as like the ideal bat son right and not like a like a proper child. Yeah, and I like this book because he, he he Lemire knows how to write like an authentic sounding kid who does like reckless shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I dig that. Also, I love seeing uh, the sort of start of his friendship with the the, the, the Titans to be, right? Yeah. Uh, and also, Nguyen's artwork in this book, fucking great. It's it's is it watercolored? Yes. Like, I could tell it's it, it's 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 unlike anything anything else I've seen at least recently. Uh, the watercolors on this is he doing the watercolors too? Or is that yeah, somebody else? A, no, that's him. That's his whole brand, dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, is there anything comparable to that? Like in other books? 
uh, literally other stuff that he does, and maybe Mike Del Mundo whenever Mike Del Mundo draws stuff. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, you know the little Gotham comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's him. No, right, right. I've loved him for for a while just because it, it's the cute chibi style that he used to do, right? Like yeah. in a, in a way with little Gotham and and whatever. Uh, kind of like a he's like a very similar but obviously different style as um. Who did like X Babies for Scotty Young? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, his Batman silhouettes throughout this book. Oh my God. I don't know if I paid attention to that. That is, that's some of the, like, Batman silhouette is a really important thing to get if you're an artist drawing Batman, right? You have to Uh make that shit look intimidating or foreboding in some way. Yeah. Holy shit. Every time Batman is just shown in shadow in this book is fucking fantastic it's 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 a really good book and i'm sad that it's only three issues but hopefully people pick it up because it's only three issues i really want that i want these good titles to succeed whether they're in single issues or paperback or hardcover or whatever gets released as collected editions you know how i wonder how they're going to collect this considering that it's only three i think regular sized issues they will probably and i mean this is just my guess. They will probably release it in hardcover with Robin backstories. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Classic mm-hmm. Robin backstories. Mm-hmm. That's what they do normally to pad it out, right? Like that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's it's just like the same thing with Morrison, Superman, and the Authority, right? Where they're going it, to... It's like, what? Th- this thing is so short. How are you going to... Or they could release it in the trades that look like that. I remember those. You know, that's the New World Order Justice League of America. So. Yeah, you're right. It'll probably be in a in a hardcover that is more expensive than just buying the three issues. Yeah. Yeah. Especially they got to get a return on investment with, with like a three-issue miniseries because they're probably not making that much off of just three issues. So, you know make make it up right so but it, it is a great book and i feel like this is going to be something one that people should pick up like now right yeah. and two it's going to make a great one volume thing yeah uh like that that'll be like an excellent place to to, to like give people to go like oh you want a standalone like robin story because it's like a, a, a batman and robin story but it's like a robin story it's robin yeah yeah uh and i and i, and I love having stuff like that where i can just be like here's this one contained thing that you don't need to know anything to jump into and enjoy and that's what this is yeah definitely um were there any books that people well okay either people shouldn't pick up or that you because of this week week's issue you're just like giving up on um any total duds Nothing that, like, really put me off of stuff. Uh, just Hulk has been really weird, man. T- uh, tell me about it. Did you read it? Yeah. So okay. you're like, what? What I figure with this this new direction on Hulk is you're either gonna really dig it or you're gonna be completely put off by it. So, uh, the the deal is, so you, Immortal Hulk was like a. Lovecraftian horror featuring the Hulk, right? Right. Uh, now we're completely pivoting in this book. Uh, 
So bear with me for a sec. Yeah. The Hulk still exists as the Hulk, right? Right. The person in, in, in the Hulk's head is Bruce Banner. Right. And we get looks into, into his head, right? And he's piloting the Hulk like a spaceship, like a starship, right? Like he's okay. piloting a mech. Uh, and in and he's and you and he fuels this. He calls it the Hulk spaceship uh, by having the 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 you know subconscious version of the Hulk fight a bunch of things in in like a place that he sealed him off into, and that's what fuels the Hulk and make him makes him stronger. So we don't get Hulk's personality because he's piloting him like a ship. The Hulk's personality is gone. It's just Bruce Banner piloting Hulk. Yes, it's Bruce Banner literally piloting. And I mean, like, he's got, like, a captain's chair Star Trek style. Like, we need to really have... It's strange. And the It's Hulk's a metaphor, person... right? This is a metaphor? Yes, but also they do it so often that I don't think so, dude. Like, in Bruce Banner's point of view, he's literally in a, in a cockpit of a starship? Yes. And, like, he says it. And, like, oh, how do you fuel the Hulk ship, right? Uh, what fuels the Hulk... Uh, rage uh so you see him so there's the there's a fuel room right a meta the, a theoretically for now metaphorical fuel room okay right. so the hulk is locked in there the the hulk personality yeah. right which is just looks like the hulk obviously right. and banner just sends a bunch of like an an, an infinite wave of enemies at him right okay so so like he's so like he's like all right we need more power Send in the monsters, and then you you cut to like the Hulk's rage room, I guess we'll call it. And then Fing Fang Foom shows up, and the Hulk fights Fing Fang Foom. He's like, "I'm getting more angry. Ah, we need more power." So then, a giant, giant, classic-looking Wolverine, like a huge, like kaiju-sized classic-looking Wolverine, fights. Okay. We're talking the one with the whiskers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he's big and giant, and he fights yeah. metaphorical subconscious Hulk in the metaphorical subconscious rage room in okay. the Hulk's brain, which is a, a like a space, like a Star Trek style freaking spaceship. Right. Uh, in this issue. So the Avengers are after him. Right. And Bruce Banner's like, no, I, I, I can finally control everything. Right. I can finally. And, and then, you know, the, 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 there's like a mysterious, like, Oh, it'll be Bruce Banner. Who's the scarier thing. Not the Hulk. Uh, and, uh, at the end of this issue, because he he, Tony Stark has this like celestial giant Iron Man armor suit thing, and uh, Bruce Banner piloted Hulk tries to use it to escape, I guess this reality, and it gets caught by like reality police, and then he lands in an in some place, and this bald dude goes like, "Yo, are you are you good, big green Hulk man? I'm Bruce Banner." Uh, so. If you're keeping count, the Hulk is being piloted like a starship, and yeah. Bruce Banner is in an alternate universe with another Bruce Banner. That's okay. That's how this book is right now, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, sounds confusing. Sounds like I shouldn't pick it up. Uh, give it a couple more issues, and I'll let you know because I'm gonna okay. keep reading it because I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But if you like, for example, if you were somebody who was really digging Immortal Hulk and the sort of tone that was going that, that they were going for in there, the sort of creepy, cosmicy horror Hulk, right? Yeah. Uh, then you're gonna hate this. Okay, I um, I like the Hulk run that was like Ed McGuinness, 
like the uh, intelligentsia, you know. The Red that's Hulk like, stuff, right? The Jeff Loeb stuff? Yeah, during the Red Hulk stuff. It wasn't all yeah. Red Hulk, but yeah, yeah. Where, you know, uh, that was kind of my favorite Hulk run. The classic superhero stuff. I feel like if you like, if, if you're like into the very sort of like, like, like fun, hokey superhero stuff and you want that for the Hulk. Right. I feel like this is sort of scratching that itch in, in a way that Donnie Cates likes to do. Right, because Donny Cates' whole thing is like, bro. I, I often say that he writes like somebody in the back of a comic shop. Okay. Uh, like, bro, what if like Bruce Banner piloted the Hulk, like a, like a, like a, like a, like the Enterprise man? And you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Cates. Like, I'm interested. I want to see where this goes, but it's just such a stark departure from what we've had recently with Immortal Hulk and what really got a lot of people reading the Hulk book. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like if you were re if you got really into Hulk through Immortal Hulk, as a lot of people did, if you were really digging that, you're gonna jump into this and be like, "What? What are we doing here?" Okay. All right. Um. Did you read Amazing Spider-Man eighty-one? Nah. Uh, are you not reading Spider-Man right now? Nope. Okay. Why aren't you? I mean, I, I, I this is my miss of. If some are hits of the week, some are misses of the mm. week. This was a miss of the week. I'm not saying it's totally awful, but like it's a miss. Uh, but are you reading it not because like because Ben Riley is Spider Man right now? I could care less about Ben Riley as a character. That's one. Yeah, same Two, here. Usually for Spider Man, I'll like read it in trade. I don't like. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of Spidey stories for me at least work better in trade. Yeah, that's fair. Uh. That's the thing about reading and trade. Like people don't don't necessarily realize this unless they're like reading comics. But like reading single issues month by month is a different feel than reading and trade. And there are going to be months where there's going to be a slow issue that won't feel slow when you're reading it in trade, right? Like it'll just be a dip down and like like uh the issue of um even though it's a good issue the issue of Hawkeye fractions run with Lucky the pizza dog and his mm. like like point of view I think mm. is less jarring and it feels like less of a waste of time when you're reading in trade but if you're I reading it issue to issue really did you yeah okay uh, tell me about it uh because I feel like that works a lot better for the for the single issue because it is a one lone issue that is done in this perspective Right. Right. But if you're complete... reading the whole series and then that's the issue that you had to buy this month and it feels like it doesn't factor in, is that weird? No, only because it's very, very good. Like it is very good. That that, that that's that's the thing. I feel like we have lost the art of the single issue story. Uh -huh. Right. And that is like a perfect encapsulation of the single issue story. Like the thing is, you know why I would like that? Because it would be a one and done thing that I would read that month, and I'd be like, "That was super weird and very different than anything else I read this month," and that was cool. And I'm gonna remember it more than a chapter in this Hawkeye story. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like, I'm gonna remember that standout issue that took advantage of the issue format a lot more than, you know, one of the seven chapters of this twelve part story. That's fair. Okay. Uh. Maybe I should find a better a better example when I'm talking to you, Manny. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I I think that sometimes uh, what 
I'm trying to I'm trying to think about like what did I read recently that had like a dip down issue. There's like no, dip there's, down issues where it's like I, I know exactly uh, what you're this is what about, I but... spent my money on. Again, Teen Titans Academy number number probably seven and mm-hmm. like five six seven. The Gorilla Grodd storyline where you're like, uh, what does it matter? I think I think that's pretty. I think that that one's specifically like let's say issue six of that, right? Yeah, because it is not the start or the end of this story and nothing really of note happens it's very much the bridge between the the action right so a lot of it is just like talking and like blah 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 stuff from last issue so if you read that as a single issue reader you're going to be like okay i guess i have to wait till next next week to get like the real the the ending to this right yeah Uh, and you feel like it's a waste of money if it doesn't keep going yeah right yeah if it doesn't keep going or if it doesn't have a solid big because there's so many issues that don't have solid beginnings or endings because you're in the midst of a story arc, right? Right. And those are the issues for me that are rough to read every week because I'm like, man, either I have to go back to last month and like read again so that I can like get the momentum back in this story. Yeah. Because momentum. when I'm reading one of those, yeah, when I'm reading one of these yeah. weird like, you know, ex- expository issues or just like bridge issues between big moments in the story, I'm just like, if this were a chapter in a book, and I could just keep going. That would be really interesting. Right. But because it is, I because I'm paying, you know, four bucks for a, like, a bridge chapter, essentially. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of it. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> you brought up a good point. Comparing issues to chapters, in a way, right? Mm. Like, it's a six-chapter book sometimes right where it's like each issue is a chapter uh but then it also brings up like the netflix binge format where some people were saying like shows like orange is the new black would not survive week to week but because you binge it you go through those episodes that would normally drag to get to the next one that will pick you up but if it was on network TV week after week, people would give up on the series if they watch a bad episode, right? I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I think that a lot of... The, the problem with a lot of single-issue stories is that they are writing for trades and not for single issues. So because you're writing for trades, you're writing those middle chapters in a way that's not fun to somebody who's jumping in anywhere, right? Right. It, it, like, you got to be really on it. Like, I, I feel that way for a lot of image books, right where a lot of the parts of this story don't work well enough by themselves to uh you know warrant this not just being released as a series of graphic novels right right uh yeah also like a lot of uh, the the issue is that specifically for trades specifically for six issue trades right so one and two are probably going to be really exciting you know five and six are probably going to be really dope Right. Three and four are going to be meandering. Right. And like, just, you know, be the sort of, the sort of connective tissues between those things. And usually that's not very exciting to read when that's the only thing that is in the, in the book that you read right now. Sometimes we see that in Marvel Disney plus shows, right? Cause yes. oh, now that I think about it, a six issue series on Marvel on Disney plus is very similar to a six comic story arc i wonder if they meant that to be the case well i just feel like that's the nature of 
serial serial blah, serialized Medium. yeah serialized storytelling right yeah uh, because when you can release it all at once you have the ability to to make those in between chapters i'm not saying those in between chapters are bad but very often they are like character highlights or like really exploring deeper into the relationships in a way that you wouldn't get to in a story where you had to make every episode count right right so you can't just like take it sort of live with it right right uh live right. in that world for a little bit and i and i think that those are important but i think the problem is when the medium that you're working with is the single issue that's coming out once a month not once right. a week once a month those middle chapters are significantly harder to stomach because i'm paying for it by itself and you're clearly writing it to be collected later and not for this. Like, the only right. reason that people read singlish to have very strong feelings about this is to collect them or to, uh, or because they want to stay exactly up to date. Yeah. Otherwise, that's what I do. Yeah. Try to stay exactly part, up to date. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, for Marvel and DC, there's really no big reason to read issues because they're going to get you less for more money in a weird way. Like yeah. If, if we're yeah, like that's why I like stories like two to three issue arcs or you know, if we have a long, long running series, not every story has to be six six issues, right? Because right. if you're not attend if you're like not having to work around the every trade has to be five to six issues, then you can do a short little story two issue story arc that feels satisfying. You can do a random one shot is issue in here. I've as as hit or miss as I am on Tom King's Batman, and I am yep. very hit or miss on it, he did right. a great job of balancing the big stories with like a one shot with Swamp Thing. That's awesome. Uh, that three issue story about uh, what is it? Bruce Wayne in the courtroom, right? He's, he's trying. He has have it. He's a uh, he's a juror on a Batman case, right? Mm. Again, only three issues, but awesome and exciting to read in the issue format. Because yeah. you're getting like a big part of the story every time. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I have lots of feelings on this, obviously. Yeah. Well, in comedy, you do a thing called, uh, uh, when it comes to a joke or a bit, you do, you you hit, you hit, you rest the game, and then you hit again, right? And sometimes with these serialized storytelling, they're resting the game in issue four in a six issue thing, right? Mm -hmm. They're resting the game in issue three, let's just say. And you're paying, it's essentially like paying for your your whole joke in parts. And you then you're paying for resting the game. Yeah, like that's way. why, like that's why I have to, that's why, you know, I often say, I, I wait to read something like a, a Jonathan Hickman book until it's all done. Because- right. I cannot. I tried reading Hickman in single issues, and he is writing so much for that collected edition that every issue is so like danced and jam packed with like uh, exposition and working with different sci-fi concepts and things like that, which is cool. Like if I'm reading it all at once, if I'm reading it, you know, maybe within a month, right? Like right. A, like a big Hickman storyline within a month. But if I'm reading monthly for the next Hickman like Avengers or X Men, right? And I'm like, man, you just introduced seven new sci-fi sci concepts like last week, and I did not, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna remember your seven graphs, dog. Yeah, yeah, just straight up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we even get to talk about Amazing Spider-Man, or did I just say that like, eh, I'm not really interested? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we didn't really talk about much of it, but it's it's pretty much Ben Riley versus Miles Morales. That's all you need to know. It's that. 
the Beyond Corporation tells Ben Riley, "Hey, uh, go tell this Brooklyn Spider Man that uh, he can't be calling himself Spider Man." And that's pretty much the gist. Do we get any like interesting interaction between Ben and Miles? Uh, they start slugging it out at first, and then Ben lets it slip that Peter, literally the name Peter, is in a coma. And then Miles is like, "Oh, so you are a friend of his because you know his pers- his identity." But like, Miles can tell with the mask on even that Ben is not Peter, which I thought was cool because Miles has spent a lot of time with Peter. Like, he knows if, like, a clone is pretending to be Peter, which I thought is cool. That's cool. I dig that. Did Miles ever meet, and was this before Miles' time, did Miles ever meet Superior Spider-Man? Or was that before Secret Wars? Before. Okay. Because in that case, Miles would definitely be like, oh, yeah, you're not Peter. Yeah, this. Yeah, it's definitely before. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like the fact that Miles and Peter's relationship has blossomed to the point where Miles can tell. Uh, I, I like think that's like a... Of it. What's up? I wish we like saw more of it outside yeah. of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I want Miles and Peter to hang out more. Peter needs to get out of this coma, but I don't know why they're trying to push Ben Riley on us, but whatever. Uh, hear me out. Make Peter into a supporting character while he is healing up through both books. Uh, have him show up in the in the Ben Riley book, not as mentor to Ben Riley and, and another Spider-Man, but as a man. Then have him show up in the Miles book, and Miles like is worried about him, and he's like, "Yeah, like I'm kind of messed up, but like we can like still like I can still like mentor you a little bit, you know, or even like you know just like hang out." Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that is something that we often forget that we can do with characters. We can. Yeah have them sit out for a little bit because they have seven different other people who can take that role and they don't have to die. They don't have to be completely gone. They can still be a strong driving force in that book, just in a supporting position. See Jay Garrick throughout the nineties flash. Like right. that. Oh yeah. A character who did not have a book who was still doing cool stuff as the flash, but as a supporting character in that book, which was awesome, and it made yeah. a bunch of people care about Jay that wouldn't have otherwise because yeah. he was just a supporting character in the Flash book. So uh, do that more, especially because, like, you can. We have the we have like seventy Spider people now. Yeah, Peter can just chill for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but they're probably not going to make Peter chill. Okay. Oh, sorry. This is weird, right? Is this weird to me that Peter's in a coma right now, and tonight I'm going to go see No Way Home? We don't have Peter not in a coma during a literal week that Spider-Man is coming out in a movie. That's yeah. weird, right? That's weird timing. Why? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I hope this isn't that. a spoiler that like, oh, Ben Riley shows up in No Way Home. Like, I hope not. <laughs> but why? If somebody comes in, it's like, hey, uh, uh, let me get the Spider-Man book. They're not going to get Peter Parker in a week that No Way Home comes out. That's so weird. Yeah, and there's not even like an ancillary, like, Untold Tales of Spider-Man style book. No. That would give people that fix, right? Or like a Spidey, if you remember even that. Even Web of Spider-Man isn't isn't going on anymore, right? Did it get canceled? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think it just finished, maybe. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's not a... Not a not a Peter book in sight. That's very, yeah. That's, that's a really interesting observation. That's odd. Like that's too odd. That's 
Marvel and Disney should know better. They would. I'm, to be fair, though, to be fair, uh, Peter Parker hasn't matched up with the Spider-Man movies since the the inception of the Spider-Man movies because he's been a friggin' adult the whole time. No, so I, think... I know, but him as a character, like. You yeah, always like, I, make sure, like, if a movie comes out that your character has a title at that moment. Both DC and Marvel do that, right? That's that's, that's sort of that's sort of brave, and I respect it, though. Like, uh, it's like again, the Spider-Man already didn't have many parallels to any of the film versions. Like, for example, if that were the case, they would have put Peter back in college. Or like at least back in college, at least when uh, like Homecoming came out or something like that, right? right? Uh, which they they didn't. He's he's consistently stayed very separate and on his own path from those movies, and I and I kind of like that. I dig right. that. All right, I think it's weird, but are you seeing No Way Home tonight? Or uh, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna no. see it next week. I'm, I'm giving okay. it some time. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, what's another good book that uh, that you read? Uh, can I talk about Batgirls? Yeah, talk about Batgirls. I, I mean, I, I had mentioned earlier that I, had, I've been waiting for it, uh, and, um, I did not get to read it. I got a couple pages in before I had to, like, do some more work. So it's mm. like, ah. But, uh, tell me about it. I love these characters so much. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the Batgirls. Uh, yeah. Particularly, uh, uh, Cassie. That's my probably no. That's my favorite Bat Family member. Period. Okay. Uh, she had a good uh, run back in what the two thousands. Yeah, like late nineties, like ninety issues or something like that. Really? Was it ninety issues? It, it was. I think it was either ninety issues or like seventy something, somewhere between seventy something and ninety. Actually, would have would have had to have been early two thousands, right? Because Batman No Man's Land was like, what ninety eight. Yeah, like the tail end of the '90s. Yeah, yeah. I actually read that whole run like uh, like last month or two months ago. Really? Like I read the yeah. Greg Rucka novelization because that was big. That was at the library when I was a kid, mm. and so the novelization. I did a book report in high school mm. on Batman No Man's Land, the hardcover novelization, uh, and my teacher was like, "That's not a real book." They always do that. Teachers always say that. That's not like. What? What does that mean? Is not a real book. Like empty pages on the inside. Yeah. What is not a real book? Yeah. That's. I. I hate that. Uh. But yeah. I. I read. I'm. I'm, I'm talking about the Cassie, uh, Batgirl run. I read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the six issue mini she had after, and then the time that she spent on the outside. I like that character a lot. Um, yeah. But this. 1999 book... was No Man's Land. I just looked there. So, so her run was definitely the early 2000s with Damien yeah. Scott on art. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but this book is about uh, Cassie, Steph, and uh, Barbara getting a apartment together. Yeah. Uh, and in the wake of Fear State, which is, you know, something that I really don't care about. Yeah. Uh, we, the, you know, we're dealing with the the sort of after effects of that and people being afraid of the magistrate and. All and all sort of those things. Um, yeah. But in this book, it's just uh, Babs training them to, you know, go out and do stuff. Uh, and it's fun. In, in this issue, they move in. Uh, obviously, 
Stephanie's like, I'm going to do something mischievous. And then Cass is like, we'll, we'll go along with it. They steal a car. They go on a little joyride. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, it was a fun first issue. The artwork was did, like not what I associate with the Bat family or Batman yeah. in general. So it was very weird. Uh, but I guess like it's more leaning towards the Babs Tar, Batgirl of Burnside sort of color palette and sort of feeling. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That it's like a bit more stylized. It's got a bit more like bright like yellows and pinks that are like really hitting you really hard. Yeah. Uh, and I'm cool. I'm cool with it. It's just like very different than what I associate with the Bat family. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but I dug this and I'm interested to see more. I like the the sort of the, the back and forth between Steph and Cass because they're best friends and they do a great job of conveying that in this issue. I'm uh, so glad they're best friends because that's a relatively recent development, right? Nope. Were they were they best friends back in Batgirl's book? No, right? Yes. They were? Yeah, that's where you see the relationship start, right? Girl, uh the the cast Batgirl stuff. And then the reason why Steph becomes Batgirl is because Cass gives her the suit in her in the beginning of her book. Okay. Okay, I didn't remember that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so so it's it's like I, it's really good to see that like properly reignited and uh, yeah, I love those characters a lot. My one uh, big critique is not a critique with this book, but with a, a critique with uh, uh, the designs. Uh, don't give Cass eyes; it's lame and it doesn't look good. Oh, with the mask? Yeah. Uh, I have to look. I'm going to wait for these covers to cycle through and see if any of these covers have an open eye hole mask. She has, um, she has, no, she has like the white, the white eyes, right? Okay. Give her the, give right. her the blank face, man. That's Pete Cassandra came for me. Oh, wait, you don't want the white eyes? No, don't give her oh. eyes. Oh, oh. The eyes don't look good. I don't mind the eyes as long as the the mouth is covered because the mouth needs to be covered. I I'm I'm really here for like oh right there's a Yoshitaka Amano variant of this I love it. Uh, that's Which the one is that, that one? Just, that was the one that just showed before we transitioned into the main cover. Uh, is that Yoshita the one with those those masks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't like her with the white eyes. I love the the like blank no face only. Just like a suggestion of eyes and a suggestion yeah. of a mouth. Uh, uh, I'm going to disagree with you there. I know that that's classic, but like, as long as the mouth is covered, I like the eyes being expressive. I don't uh, because I think it makes her face. significantly less intimidating, especially the way that they constantly draw them recently. Mm -hmm. They draw them like Spider-Man eyes. Yeah, like, I can see how they're big. Yeah, like big. Uh, and also like they, they draw them like, like, do, like contorting and doing Spider-Man eye things, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I just think that's really weird and again isn't cool or intimidating and cassandra kane is all about being cool and intimidating yeah yeah uh also a slight thing that i i didn't like on some of the variant covers that i didn't put up mm -hmm. um is when they draw cast like uh a white girl yes she's not. She and is so not. there are some variant covers that had like it's like like this one right here which one You've got you've got the you've got the one on screen right now. I'm uh, on a different uh, kind it, of thing. Got it, got it. You know what I mean? Because it mm. looks different. Uh, it cycles through differently on mine. Mm. Um, um, but I yeah, tried exactly to stay away from about. that. 
because I don't mm. I don't like that. It's like technically she's half Asian. Uh, if David Kane is still her father, then she's half white, half Asian. But like, she needs to be drawn accordingly. And I don't like it sometimes when people take the easy way out. Like somebody, somebody mentioned that Luke Cage in Devil's Reign number one looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like if you take it as like as like if you think about it, like I guess they look similar in a way that like like with the goatee and whatever but like come on there should be just like draw him like mike colt uh, no mike mike coulter coulter right okay yeah. yeah draw him like mike coulter man he's dark he's black that's luke cage so uh get colors who know how to work with different skin tones i told right agree. and it's not just color like it's also like the facial features right for sure for sure so i don't know anyway uh Oh, Lord Waffle is out there. What's up to Lord Waffle saying, yes, Batgirls, 73 issues on the OG run. Who's Lord Waffles? Uh, Lord Waffle, thank you so much for watching. Uh, you obviously know a lot about Batgirl, 73 issues in the OG run. So, cool. Uh, Lord Waffle, if you're not following Manny and the Keeg, uh, m -m -m Manny and the Keeg, um, I want uh, that to be definitely fo follow us. Thank you. What's that? <laughs> That should be our theme song from now on. <laughs> what I mean, what it's what is just you guessed in. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, uh, Lord Waffle, definitely follow us on social media right there. Um, but thank you for watching. So, uh, yeah, so Batgirl's number one. Uh, I want to read it. I want to get into it. I love that generation of heroes. That's the generation of heroes that I grew up on, you know? I miss also, them. Cash just rules. And also, Steph rules, too. That Steph yeah. book is so much fun and wholesome yeah. and... I feel like this sort of leans more. If you want an, an, any indication of what tone this book, this Batgirl's book is going for, think like Stephanie Brown as Batgirl. That book, like leaning a lot more towards the fun sort of whimsy rather than like any, like you know, super intensity, right? Right. Uh, which I'm here for. Like I think that's I think that's fun and cute. And again, yeah, I just like seeing all three of these characters interact because they all uh, they all kick ass. Right. Even though that Batman is a lot like notoriously dark and brooding, doesn't mean all his supporting characters have to be dark and brooding too. They're all gonna attack attack their mission in a different way. So uh, I'm glad to see that that they they haven't been like, oh yeah, Steph has to be dark and brooding. Everybody mm -hmm. in Gotham is dark and brooding. It it gets old. It just yes. gets old. You know. Also, you just need like, like for example, if Steph were dark and brooding, that her friendship with Cassandra wouldn't be as fun. Right, because right. That's, that's the deal. They're Batman and Robin is what they are. Okay, is Steph more Robin? Is that how yeah. it works? Yeah, that's Steph is Robin and Cassandra is Batman. And, and just in the way that like one is very is very serious, very to the point, and the other's like, let's like hang out and be fun, and they sort of bounce back and forth off of each other in interesting ways because of that. Yeah. Um, did you read Tis the Season? It's the yes, DC uh it's the DC uh uh winter issue. Because what I like about DC is like they do like a Halloween issue most of the time. They do a, a winter issue. Sometimes they do a summer issue uh, of just like anthology stuff. Um, so tis the season to be freezing. Uh, what I don't like is the fact that there's not one singular name for their holiday specials, but whatever. This is tis the season to be freezing. 80 page giant. Uh, did you like it? Do you find any of them kind of cool? 
yeah there were there were some fun stories in here uh there's a jlq story at the end of this book and they were like the jlq will return and i was like oh they're like going for it okay uh i really dig that um yeah i like that we're pushing these characters in this team especially after the, the 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 voting thing that you know they didn't win right uh there i really like the flash story uh, the flash story was really good with uh, captain cold in him dude i've said this for years that i know that i know intellectually that santa exists in the dc universe like i'm aware uh but for all intents and purposes the flash could be santa claus right he's a right, dude who can get around the world in an instant wears red and they did that in this issue, in this issue, and I thought that was really fun and cute. And also, Santa uses the Speed Force. That's confirmed now. Uh, he's got the speed. He's got the Speedster Lightning in the, uh, in the sleigh. Oh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't even notice that. Is that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I didn't even so notice that. Yeah. Santa's a Speedster. Yeah. I thought that was really fun and cute. Yeah. Um, and that first story, uh, that was the the Batman animated story yes that's right yeah tim drake and mr freeze yeah i, I like that, that one too that was really wholesome also jordan gibson the artist i think did really great at emulating the style of the show yeah yeah um i i am so i have a couple thoughts i'm so glad that dc is writing wholesome stories again um because comics are not a genre, they're a medium, and DC Comics shouldn't be a one singular tone, right? Mm. And so, like, it's nice that we get wholesome stories, and I get that it's, like, the holiday special, and, like, that's technically, like, most of their holiday stories have to have some sort of uplifting thing. Um, But at the same time, like, I don't know, it's nice to see that. And I want to care about these characters. So thank you to DC for making me care about these characters again. Because for a while they dropped off, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, the JLQ thing was an interesting, almost metaphor, but also not even a metaphor for Ice Maiden being trans. Um. And, and as, as a cisgendered male, like, I can't look into it too deep. I don't have that nuance in my own head, but Same. like the fact that like Ice Maiden goes by Glacier now. And that's kind of, cause I was like, why is Ice Maiden in the JLQ and thought like in, in this story? And it's because of that. Hmm. And uh, uh, it's nice that all those heroes have a support system that they can like, that understands them and supports them and they can all hang out and do their thing. Because a lot of, dare I say, white male fans will look at this and be like, well, why are all the gay characters hanging out? Like, what are the odds that they'd all be hanging out? It's like, the odds are very likely because they trust and support each other. <laughs> Just like the women characters. That's why A-Force, which is the, the, the female Avengers team, would hang out together. Because they trust and support one another. And they don't have to deal with Tony Stark hitting on them all the time. Because Tony Stark, still to this day hits on everybody and like it's the same reason why why any of these like marginalized groups in real life hang out together 
So you can deal, you don't have to deal with like people being like, but where are you really from? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like where you deal with like people of your same, like same backgrounds or similar backgrounds that trust and support each other. And JLQ is that same thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the idea that you, that you have these shared experiences that bond you. Right. Simple as that. Right. And so uh, 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 it's nice to see the JLQ pop up in this. Uh, the Bizarro, I got tired of the Bizarro story halfway in between. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm going to flip through this. I, I love Superman. I cannot stand Bizarro stories for the life of me specifically because my brain has to twist and turn seven yeah. different ways. And yeah. I'm like, it, and especially like if Bizarro is a spice that you throw in, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Bizarro just like shows up in a thing i'm like okay that's fun if bizarro's the main focus of a thing i'm like i i need to go no i'm i'm with you totally uh uh bizarro is like you're taking the adams family spice and i'll i'll, I'll explain this in a second the adams family spice but the top falls off the shaker and you pour all of it in because adams family has that similar thing where backwards is good in a way right because Adam's family is always like, oh, please torture me some more. I love torture, right? Like Adam's family kind of has that vibe, you know? Um, uh, uh, and so, um, <laughs> sorry, I read something right now. So anyway, Adam's family has that spice of that kind of negative thing, which is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's, let's read this comment. Uh, Joe Mama 45. Thank you so much for watching. Um, I don't know how you found us, uh, but however you found us, thank you for watching. Um, uh, but Joe, but Joe Mama 45 brings up something that does come up a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you, we got our two cents, but bro, but like, why is the new Superman bisexual? Like, I think they should make a new superhero instead of a pose on the delicate story of Superman. Uh, Personally, I have a couple of, 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 of thoughts about what you're saying here. The delicate story of Superman, Superman does not have a delicate story. Second thing, there's nothing heavy about a bisexual Superman uh, in a way that a story cannot handle because it just comes down to how the writers deal with it. And then I guess third is uh, John Kent is a new superhero. He's only been around for a couple of years. Like less than five, I think. Right. At this point, so, maybe, maybe around five. And I he just feel became like, a teenager. Right. And I feel like people, and yeah, he just became a teenager. And this is literally his first, like, as far as we see, his first, like, romantic interest at all. So sure. it's not, it's not like they're retconning Jonathan Kent being a ladies man. And suddenly now he's bi. But then again, that could work too. Because there are ladies men who are bi. Um, so I think the quote unquote delicate story of Superman can handle the weight of Clark Kent having a bisexual son, because that's life. That's real life. That happens. People are bisexual. We're going to hit on this topic again on the next book we talk about. So what's the next book? What's, what's the next book? Batman Urban Legends. Did you read it? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I, I didn't uh, read it, uh, 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 but I want to hear you. I want to hear your takes. Tim Drake comes out to Batman in the first story in here. Okay. Uh, and so it, it sort of starts with him going to his brother Nightwing. They sort of do. They sort of uh, you know fight some crime together. He's a little bit nervous. He's sort of a little bit apprehensive about it. Uh, and he you know has a talk with 
Batman on a rooftop and he's like, yo, like, you know, he's, he's sort of really worried about it. And Batman goes, as long as you're happy, that's what matters to me. Which is and sweet. That's, it's, it's like a Christmas story too. That's yeah. like the most wholesome shit on the planet. And it's something that I'm sure a lot of people like need to hear from somebody. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like there there have been so many messages in comics that have resonated with me, right? Through through like metaphors and stuff like that, right? So right. I am like surely sure that there is somebody who needs to hear this. Right? And if, if yeah. they're gonna read it in a comic, like that's great. And I think hear me out, okay. Let's take this let's get really real with this to me, because I have like strong feelings about this. Superheroes yeah. were created for those who are marginalized and those who have experienced oppression. This is historically true because who created superheroes? Jewish people doing World War II. Right. So it makes sense that through the history of comics, superheroes change and adapt to target different people who are being, uh, who feel underrepresented or right. marginalized in some way. Right. And I think that seeing all of these sort of, uh, all, seeing these diversity movements moving forward, seeing new characters uh, who come from all walks of life, seeing long-time characters that maybe people fell in love with uh, explore different avenues, right? Like, Tim Drake is a character that's been around for a while, right? And seeing right. him come out as gay, I'm sure, for a lot of yeah. people is, like, amazing. Cause there, I'm sure there's a ton of people who care about that character who are that, and that's important to them. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but, and yeah. by the way, Tim Drake is canonically bi, right? Yeah. Yes. The, the okay. They also haven't said bi or gay yet but i'm but i'm pretty sure because batman goes well what about stephanie right and he's like that's a conversation that's been a long time coming okay uh okay. so one we're definitely going to see more tim drake in the future uh yeah and we're going to explore this more in the future because there's like a you know see more tim drake later on and whatever uh so that that's that's cool also this issue because you know uh urban legends is a anthology comic yeah uh so the tail end of this issue has like a really fun uh take on a on a christmas story right uh, -huh. uh where nightwing is scrooge because alfred's gone and he feels and he's like <laughs> missing him and he's like it yeah. wasn't christmas without alfred so, he, so he's like working all night you know what i'm saying he's doing yeah fighting crime and stuff and then he gets exposed to maybe fear toxin or he thinks and it doesn't affect him much but he starts to see things and the christmas and the ghost of christmas past present and future are Barbara Gordon, Stephanie Brown, and Cassandra Cain. Okay. Uh, and Which you kind of see it in this variant cover, by the way. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know that that was a specific story, but it's nice to see a Christmas, vari Christmas variant cover. But uh, sorry, continue. Yeah. And he is, uh, and he's, you know, reminiscing on, on the, his time with the Teen Titans and stuff, with uh, the, the ghost of Barbara. He's... Uh, reminiscing, uh, he's like thinking about where the family is now and how they're missing him and how they, and how you know he's too busy working with uh, Stephanie and you know because Cassandra Cain is scary and intimidating, she's death. She's like if you keep work, or if you keep working, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna eventually die in this, and we're not gonna be able to spend Christmas with you. It was really cute. He goes back to the family at the end. It's really wholesome and it's definitely worth reading. Like that's the one. That's another one that I think this issue is worth reading for that like tail end story. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. Uh that makes me sad that I missed out 
on reading it, but I have it, so I'm going to read it. So uh, there's, I love about Comic Talk is like, it's, it's not only for like the viewers out there to know what to read and to like hear our takes on it, but like, I'm also hearing your takes on it. I'm like, shit, I feel left out now. Like, I feel like uh, I would enjoy that. And I have been reading most, I think I read up to issue eight of Batman Urban Legends, but I think what brought me in was this story of Tim Drake. Uh, uh, that people had been talking about because I'm like Tim Drake. The, the Tim Drake is one of the heroes that I grew up with, and like I accept him. You know what I mean? In a weird mm. way, he's a fictional character, right? He's yeah. a fictional character, and like it's interesting when someone's fictional character like comes out of the closet, and then they're like, "I don't like them." I don't, and then it's like, "Well, I guess they weren't your friend." You know what I mean? I guess they weren't your. Uh, you didn't have like i i don't know i feel like it's one thing to say that it was a bad choice on on corporate to make it this way or whatever mm-hmm. but it's another choice to be like oh, well i don't like him now because he's he's bi or he's gay it's like mm-hmm. nah, tim drake tim drake connor kent you know cassie sandsmark they'll always be my like young justice homies right because i grew yeah. up with also like that's the thing with with a lot of comic book characters is that you, you grow this like Especially when you've been reading comics ever since you were a kid, right? You grow this like, personal <laughs> yeah. attachment to them. Oh man! Uh, yeah. They be they 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 sort of become you know your friends, like in right. like a weird like not in a creepy way, but just in a like I've been reading freaking the Flash for God knows how long. Of course, I'm going to care about that character in a, in, a, in a special and different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you you grow an attachment, just like uh, just like there's there's people that you ship like in in romantic relationships but there's also people that you i guess kin with if i'm using this right this is like a gen z phrase uh kinning and like kinning is when like you have a friendship attachment to it like they're your family i guess uh i don't know anyway the point being is like tim drake is kind of like that i accept you man and i feel like that's also that's also a thing where it's like if your friends hear you talking about like like Oh, Tim Drake sucks now because of this and that. Then your actual real life friends aren't going to come out to you either. They're not going to trust you. Just like if you treat female characters with misogyny, your friends who are female, if you even have them, are also going to know not to trust you. You know what I mean? It's this weird thing. Yeah. Your treatment, because it, it's all emotional in a way, even though one's fiction and one's nonfiction, one's real and one's not, like, how you interact with this, eh, you know, it's interesting. Um, we do got to end this episode, Manny, uh, uh, for the sake of time. Uh, I do want to thank people out there for watching. I know that there was Joe Mama 45 out in the chat. Uh, thank you so much for, for bringing that up. And I think that that sparked a little thing. Joe Mama 45 says great way to sum it up. So uh, uh, I'm glad there aren't trolls in the co- in in the comments uh uh that are just trying to like just be dicks out there uh lord waffle out there thank you so much for watching joe mama 45 thank you so much for watching julu cinda uh uh you didn't say hi but uh i i see you out there thank you so much <laughs> for watching uh julu cinda um um uh but really thank you manny for for coming here uh and taking time out of your day to be on this show i'm 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 uh, 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 honored to have you on the show. Every single time you're on Comic Talk, it's always great. I have a great time. 
and uh, Comic Talk uh, wouldn't be what it is without you. So thank you for that. That's so nice of you. Also, it's like always a pleasure to be here. I'm always going to take the chance to shoot the shit about comics for an hour or two. So, yeah, uh, 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 and it, it's nice to it's nice to have each other and be able to talk about comics. Is that's the thing about comics in general? It's like sometimes you don't know people around you that read the comics. So uh, uh, we're creating connections here, whether it's with the audience, whether it's with each other, whether it's with the TikTok community um, uh, that we're on. Um, so thank you, Manny, for being here and connecting with me about this. Of course, man. Of course. And I'm excited to continue to do it moving forward into the new year. Uh, yeah. Which is exciting. yeah. 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 I'm already planning the schedule for, for 2022. It is nerve wracking, anxiety inducing to think that there's a whole nother year coming now. Like I have a whole like Google doc on like 2020 is one 2021, the whole key schedule for both of those years. It's been two full years now. Of like programming, programming, programming. It's been so crazy. It's been so crazy. But uh, oh, and Julie Cinda says saying hi now. Thank you so much. Um, however, you guys found us. Thank you so much for however that worked out. Uh, please follow us on social media. Uh, Manny, what's your social media? If you want to say it out loud, uh, uh, plug whatever you need to plug. Tell us what's coming up for you. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Manny's Picks. You can find me on Instagram at Manny's.Picks. I talk about uh, comics and I do recommendations. I talk a little bit about comics history and some other fun fact stuff. So you can catch me on there. And I'm putting stuff out consistently again. So there will be there will be more content coming up. It's cool. I, I remember when I first saw you, Manny, on TikTok. And I'm like, all right, this is my boy. This is my boy. Uh, I'm going to ask him to come on the shows. Uh, I'm going to like his TikTok stuff. Uh, uh, you do great work, Manny. So so keep up the good work. Thank you. Uh, for anyone else out there that wants to know what The Keeg is up to, uh, definitely follow The Keeg on Instagram at The Keeg Show. T-H-E-K-E-E-G-S-H-O-W. You can find us on Instagram at The Keeg Show, TikTok at The Keeg Show, and Twitter at The Keeg Show. We're not too much on Twitter, but if you tweeted us, we will tweet back. And we also got a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash The Keeg Show. Uh, if you want to subscribe, we've got some goodies, some Keeg-related goodies. I want to move into 2022. Uh, there is a tier there where you get Keeg merchandise. So uh, if you want that Keeg merch, uh, it'll be the first time we're creating Keeg merch. Um, definitely uh, sign up. I believe that's the noble person tier. Uh, there's a couple other tiers. Find what works for you. Any amount is 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 great, and we accept all donations. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Keeg Show. Uh, we're trying to set ourselves up for success so we can create better content and more content for you guys out there. Um uh, other than that, uh, if you're watching us live streaming, we're live streaming on volume.com slash The Keeg Show. If you're listening to the podcast, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So we're all over the place. However you choose to digest us, uh, uh, we greatly appreciate us. Uh, eat up. Eat up. You know? Wear the Christmas ham. Like, right. dig in. So uh, uh, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, other than all that... Um, yeah, thanks again, Manny, for coming on. Of course. You know, as usual. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. Peace out.
Geek 